So Money Episode 212, Millionaire Next Door, Luann Abrams. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Millionaire Week. Millionaires next door, that is. Americans who are quietly accumulating wealth. And today's guest is the fabulous Luann Abrams from Bend, Oregon. Luann wrote in to me as I was scouring the nation for uh, Millionaires Next Door. And she said, hey, Farnoosh, I qualify. Two years ago, my husband and I hit the $1 million mark. And now we're almost two thirds of the way to the second million dollars. And a little bit more about Luann. She is a former aerospace engineer and now a stay-at-home mom. Uh, But she has a few side hustles that she's maintaining and loves earning money, even if just a little bit of money, she says. Now that the couple has made it this far with their millionaire status, her husband will actually be quitting his job soon to be a part of a startup. He won't be making a salary for some time, so how are they going to manage? Some other uh, tidbits that Luann shares with us during the next 30 minutes, how living far below their means and remaining grounded has led them to becoming millionaires next door. And she does give us some really great concrete specifics. How she slashed $700 a month from the family budget, a month. So over time, this is going to be several thousands of dollars. And by the way, it only took her two hours to cut $700 from the budget. The benefits of being millionaire parents, and one big benefit, obviously, is that she can uh, choose to stay home to raise her boys comfortably. Please welcome Millionaire Next Door, Luann Abrams. Luann Abrams, Millionaire Next Door, welcome to So Money. Hi, Farnoosh. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to interview you, uh, a female millionaire next door, a mom, wife. You and your husband both are in your early 40s, and you have a current net worth of over $1.5 million. Living in Bend, Oregon, two boys, is it that living in Bend, Oregon, you don't live in New York City. I feel like it would be a lot harder to amass this in New York City than in Bend, (laughs) Oregon. Um, Tell us a little bit about your life. How are you enjoying your millionaire status? Um, It's a pretty sweet life, I have to tell you. Bend is an amazing place to live. There's a kind of snobby joke that my life is your vacation because this is a really sought after vacation place, uh, especially if you like the outdoors. It's very outdoorsy. And yes, I do think it would have been harder to amass my nest egg in New York City. However, real estate's pretty expensive here. Everything else is pretty average, I'd say, you know, going out to eat, your groceries and all that. But real estate is high. Uh, There's a lot of just normal people that can't even afford to live here. It's real tight housing market, real tight rental market. Um, But I really, I feel very thankful every day when I'm here. Um, I'm excited that I can provide this life for my family. For my boys, they, 
they have no idea how good they have it <laughs> living here. They're off riding their bikes all day and playing and we go hiking and kayaking and um, paddleboarding, all the, all the fun, great things you can do here. So ultimately, it's just a really nice life and I'm very grateful for it. And it sounds like you have arrived. Although the, <laughs> the journey was not always probably so rosy, right? I mean, the, the, as I have said, you know, I love having saved, but the process of saving sometimes can feel frustrating, or at least you feel as though sometimes you're really scraping by. Uh, so on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most, one being the weakest or the least, um, how would you describe your, your consciousness, your diligence, and your fortuitiveness to get to a million dollars, you know, take us back to when you started and how much, how hard was it? And what was the work that was involved? Not as hard as probably people think. So like a six? I'd say somewhere, yeah, I'd say somewhere in a six. I've always been a saver and not a spender. So for me, that, that kind of thing has come pretty easily for me. Um, I'm, I'm one of those crazy people that gets a sick thrill when I see my bank account going up. So I enjoy putting, transferring money from my checking account into my savings account as much as I enjoy getting a new sweater or a new bike or something like that. So, um, in that sense, I just feel like I'm naturally more of a saver. And so it hasn't been horrible. Um, and I can't say that I really had goals. I never thought, oh gosh, I need to have this much money. I just always wanted enough to feel secure. And I definitely feel like we have gotten to that place. I know that I don't ever have to worry about being homeless. And that's, you know, that's a really, really good feeling. And we do go without a lot of things that, that most people probably don't go without. Um, you know, I don't, we don't get cable. Um, we don't go out to eat a lot, but we've found other ways to be, you know, to entertain ourselves, I guess I'd say it helps to live here where there's a lot of things to do outside you know, my husband and I went on a date this weekend and we didn't go out to dinner. We went on a three hour bike ride and that was free. If you count that we already own the bicycles, which were not cheap to begin with, but essentially it was a free activity for us and way more fun than sitting at a restaurant and, you know, getting a hundred dollar tab at the end. So tell us more about that aspect of your life, your lifestyle. As you told me before we got on the phone, your mom gave you a copy of uh, The Millionaire Next Door when you were, uh, when it was just published and the lessons stuck. And so compared to those of your, like your neighbors who you say aren't able to afford homes in Bend, Oregon, what are you doing differently, quietly that's allowed you to reach this status while everyone else is, is struggling? Um, a lot, I say it's a lot of little things all added up. Um, I mow my own lawn. I don't have a housekeeper. I clean my own house. 
we, like I said, don't go out to eat a lot. We tend to have one dinner out a week. We don't have cable. Um, I don't shop. I don't, I don't find shopping as a source of entertainment. I only go shopping when I need to actually buy something. And that I'd say that probably saves me the most because if I don't know something exists, I don't covet it and I don't want it. So yeah, just, you know, different kind of activities like that, more outdoorsy stuff that don't, that don't cost anything that, um, you know, you don't have to pay for entertainment. You just have fun doing with what you have. And so you said earlier that you, your goal wasn't ever to necessarily amass a a net worth of over a million dollars, right? but that it was to achieve enough. What, what is enough for you now? Do you feel like you have enough or are you still looking to, as your kids are getting older, maybe there's college down the road. uh, Are you concerned about enough running out as far as where you are now? I'm not concerned about running out at all. Um, I know that if my husband and I never worked again, we would survive. It might not be a crazy, wonderful lifestyle, but we would be fine. Um, but I do, I definitely have more things I'd like to do. Uh, definitely continue to contribute to my kids college funds you know, we already have a fair amount in those, but I definitely would like to get those maxed out. There's things that we aren't doing currently that I think I would do more of. Uh, we, I'd for sure travel more. We do travel, you know, we take one big family trip a year and then a couple smaller weekend trips. Uh, but I think we would probably travel more in the future if, as we make more, but I just like to have enough where I don't ever have to worry about the future. So I'm still at a point where I'm going to keep saving and not spend a lot. I think that there will be a point in the future where I can let go of that a little bit, but I don't have a really a number in mind where that would be. What's your financial philosophy, Luann? You're 42 years old. You've well over a million dollars. Sounds like your DNA is such that you're not a shopper, which goes, I think, a long way in helping you achieve wealth, you know, because so much of our spending habits and our wrong spending gets us in trouble. What would you say if you had to capture your financial philosophy in a sentence or two? What would it be? I would say just be thoughtful about everything. Thoughtful about each purchase. Is it really something that's going to bring you happiness or can you let that go? Uh, being thoughtful of where you put your money, learning about money. So yeah, thought, being thoughtful, I think would just sum it up. How aligned are you and your husband when it comes to personal finance strategies? (laughs) You know, they say if opposites attract, so savers marry spenders more often than you think. Is that your situation or is it you're completely in line with each other's philosophies? We 
came together with um, very different philosophies. My husband is definitely more of a spender. He is also in the tech industry, so he feels the need to have the newest of all gadgets that come out. And so, but he's also one of those guys that being the main bread earner now is very concerned about financial security for the family. So he's definitely come around to not needing to spend as much. And he's also super outdoorsy too. So he gets his fun going out on his bike and not spending money. He's definitely not a shopper when it comes to anything other than tech stuff. So in a sense, we were different and just, he, he always made enough money where I don't think he had to care until he had kids. And now that really changed him in that, okay, now we need to save for college. Now we need to save. So I never have to worry about having, uh, you know, a roof over my kid's head. When you saved money all these years and you're continuing to save, but what would you say was your savings target? What percentage of your incomes were you saving? And then I want to talk about being a stay-at-home mom and what else this has afforded you in, in yeah. you know, what bounties. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to talk about that because I don't think you have too many stay-at-home moms on your podcast. Um, so I... What was what was the first part of your question again? Yeah, how much were you guys saving deliberately every okay. year? So that has changed a lot um, as as we have gotten older. When you know, when I got out of college and had my first job, I immediately signed up for the four hundred one k and maxed that out. But it didn't really occur to me that there was you know, other savings I could be doing. I, I didn't consciously put money in my savings account each, each month. And I didn't invest it in other things, which looking back, I definitely wish I had known more about the other options in, in this world of investing. And I just didn't. Then, you know, we got married and I have to tell you, we kind of forgot about savings for a while. We saved just because we were both working and we both made a great income and we couldn't possibly have spent all of our money, but there was no consciousness about how much we should save. We were just living life. And it wasn't until I got pregnant that we had, we really sat down and went through what we were spending and said, okay, we need to start saving in a 529 plan. We need to know how much we're spending and really look at, do we want to spend here? We were spending a crazy amount going out to dinner back when it was just the two of us. And I look back and think, God, if only we would have put that money to better use, <laughs> it would have been so much better. Right. But, um, and so now as we have grown and transitioned. We have two kids now. So we save for two college funds and we, you know, I think I, I had told you before that 
my husband is transitioning out of his job into a startup where he probably won't make an income for the foreseeable future. So we really have ramped up our savings in the past two years. And we, we probably save 50% of our income now. Yeah. So tell me about that. As a stay-at-home mom, as a uh, family where there's literally going to be no income coming in yeah. for the, for, as you said, the foreseeable future, yeah. how do you plan a, around that? How do you spend so that you uh, maintain a, a, a good cushion? Yeah. I'm, it's going to be scary, but I know I have to just stay in my logical mind because I know it's in my bank account and I know it will be fine. But we've had a while to plan for this and we just slashed our expenses on all the things that we, we didn't need. Um, we cut, we cut the cord with cables so we don't pay for that. I stopped getting the newspaper delivered. Um, we stopped going out to dinner as much. We substituted going out for dessert for going out to, to dinner with the family and the kids like that just as much. And we save, you know, probably 50 to $75 by doing that. And all that, that adds up fast, you know, going out to eat is a big, and that's a great motivator for getting your vegetables done. (laughs) You can't leave the table until your vegetables are done. And the bonus is we get to get in the car and go to friendlies. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, really just, and again, being thoughtful, going through all the bills, I changed my cell phone plan. Um, I called, I called everybody to see if we could get better deals on things. Um, and for how much example, do you think you saved like total for the month? Would you save like a thousand dollars? How much did you actually slash? I, nothing like a thousand, but probably, I mean, if you, we slashed our going out to eat budget from 600 to 300. So that was 300. Um, as far as just utilities and stuff, I would say another 400. So maybe around 700 a month. And that took you what, like an hour of your life oh, <laughs> to make those calls? I, maybe a couple, maybe a couple. You're, that's fair. Yeah. So a couple hours, yeah. $700 a month saved. Yeah. In perpetuity. That's great. Yeah, right. That's brilliant. I mean, you have to think of everything. Our garbage can. I don't know how garbage works in New York City, but we have the choice of a large garbage can or a small garbage can. And we had the large one and it was never full. So we got the smaller one and it, you know, that saved us, I don't know, seven or eight bucks a month. Nothing crazy. But again, you, I wasn't even using it. So why, why spend the money on it? As a stay-at-home mom now, is that savings as well? Uh, I'm not sure how old your boys are, but is that perhaps saving you money on childcare, babysitters? Yes and no. My boys are eight and four, so my oldest is in school. My youngest is not. Um, For sure, it saves a lot during the summer for both of them. So many people around here send their kids to camp all all summer long. And those camps are pricey. So I can't even imagine how much that costs. My oldest has gone to one camp and that was just for fun. And that was $150 for four, four half days. So I can only imagine how much 
it would be if you were sending your kid to full day camps every day. Um, you're right. I do not have, I, I send my youngest to preschool three mornings a week. And other than that, I, I don't pay for babysitting or daycare or anything like that. So of course that's a savings. And I think though, the, the biggest savings there is my peace of mind. We had a horrible nanny experience when my oldest was born and I was still working. And that's, that was the biggest reason I quit my job. I'm like, I can't have other people raise my kids for me. I've got to do it myself. And I felt very fortunate that my husband's income could support us still, even if I wasn't working. And I did, I still do little things here and there that earn money. Um, tell us, tell but, us about that. Yeah. What, what are you, what are your side hustles? Uh, my side hustle right now, um, I, I guess I would kind of consider it a virtual assistant for a friend of mine. She owns several properties and rentals, and I just help her out with some of the things she needs done each week, and and she pays me for it. So it's it's very few hours, so it fits in with my lifestyle. I can do it when my youngest is in preschool, and I, I really enjoy making a little bit of money. And I mean, it's not much because I'm not working that much, but it really feels good to me to cash my own check. That was for me, the hardest transition when I did, when I did quit my job, I had been such an independent person my whole life. And I had to give that paycheck up and it, it, it was hard. What were you doing before? And what was your husband's job? Um, my husband is in software and I worked in the aviation industry. I worked for an aircraft company and I got to assure the FAA that we were meeting all the regulations. That was my job. Do you miss it? No, it was, (laughs) it was an extremely high stress job. I mean, my, my signature was the last to go on each airplane before they delivered it to a customer. And I, you know, I was the one that was saying, yes, this airplane is safe and meets all the regulations. And there was always pressure to get it done as soon as possible to get the cash flow going. And it was just, it was high stress. So I do not miss that part at all. Oh my God. I'm I'm stressed just hearing you talk about it. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, Luann, talk about failure. Failure is a big part of this show because I think there's so much we can extract and learn from our failures. And as you were going along and saving and spending, (laughs) what were the, which was the number one failure that you experienced as it related to your money? I don't think I've had any major failures with my money. Um, I would say the biggest failure is just lack of knowledge of what I could have done. So maybe lost opportunities. I just think if I would have known, if I would have had the resources 20 years ago, I would been, I'd be in even better financial shape because I would have known 
what investing was versus just savings. Do you know what I mean? Right. Compound interest. Yeah, right. I mean, I always knew I should save my money. My parents were very good about that. I, I learned all my frugal habits from my mom. But they weren't investors. They were savers. And so I, I didn't really learn that much about investing until, you know, maybe late 20s is when I started researching and, and learning. And now it's just so much easier. If I would have had your podcast 20 years ago, I would have listened to all these people that you're interviewing and looked at them and learned a few things here and there from all these people. And I think I would be in a lot better shape than I am. Well, it's never too late. Right, never right. too late. Well, what would you say is your so money moment? I mean, having reached your early 40s with over a million dollars in net worth, being able to have the freedom to not work and your husband to be able to leave his job to pr- pursue a, a passion of in, in, with the startup is mm-hmm. so money on so many levels. Right. Uh, but if you had to if you had to say there was you know, one moment in your life that really was the pinnacle, the financial pinnacle so far to date, what, what is it and what happened? Okay. I'm sorry. I don't have a good answer for this because it truly, I, every day is so money for me right now. We, every day I wake up feeling grateful of what we have and we just have a, such a super great life here. And I don't think there's just one moment where everything lined up. I mean, I remember seriously giving my husband a high five when we saw that we had passed the the million dollar net worth mark. <laughs> but that was as much as we celebrated that moment. It's, it's kind of just a continuous gratefulness for what we have and just having that security and, um, lifestyle that we have that every day I feel so money. Yeah, that's a good answer. I don't think that, uh, as you said earlier, this wasn't like you weren't after the money. You weren't after this number. So, so when you did cross the threshold, it may have, it was like, Oh, right. Cool. High five. But, um, you know, you didn't have this urge to go out and do something to show that you were, that you were wealthy. Right. Right. I still, I'm, I mean, I'm a little nervous talking to you because I don't. Yeah. What's going to happen I, when your friends and neighbors. <laughs> I don't. I know. Well, I'm not going to help you promote this one. Just so you know. <laughs> That's okay. I'll promote it for the both of us. Because uh, I don't. I don't want anybody to think I'm bragging at all because that is not my intent. I just want people to know that you can, you can have a really great life if you save your money and don't spend it. And it doesn't have to be an entire life of, of trade-offs. You know, you, it's not drudgery at all. It really isn't. I mean, I definitely feel like there are things I wish I could have, had, but I can't even remember what those things are anymore. So at the time I felt, I'm sure I felt like I was missing out, but, um, it's hard to say that now because in general, everything is good. What's your number one habit, your number one financial habit 
Um, definitely tracking everything um, and and being mindful about it. We the app I use, I can see exactly what I've spent, and I check that. If somebody says, "Hey, let's go out to dinner tonight," I check my app. I'm like, "Well, where am I on my spending this month?" What do you? What's the app? Use Mint or I, I use Personal Capital. Personal Capital, okay. Because yeah. there's a lot. There's Mint. There's yeah. Level. There's Personal Capital. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Personal Capital. I had used Mint before. This was a long time ago, though. I'm sure they've improved quite a bit. But I really like Personal Capital. Their dashboard is great. And we have some money invested with through personal capital. They manage our money, some of it. And I've been really happy with that as well. And so when you, I, I never asked this of you, I probably should have, but when you total your net worth, what are all you including? Your, um, your equity, retirement, savings? Yeah, is everything. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I would say I, I've included everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all on my app. <laughs> <laughs> I trust you. I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. And I do include, I mean, my house is part of my net worth and it's of course a big part of my net worth. Um, we'd still have be above the million mark if we took it out. And, but again, that's how real estate is around here. It's, it's high. Yeah. Let's uh, do some so money fill in the blanks, Luann. Okay. I know you listen to the show regularly, so you know what's coming. I know, and I probably still won't have good answers. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> There's no bad answer. Um, if I won the lottery tomorrow, $100 million, the first thing I would do is? The first thing I would do is all the responsible things. And then I would take my girlfriends and my sister out shopping and we would probably head to Portland for the weekend and go shopping. Is that why Bend is so expensive in terms of real estate because of its proximity to Portland? No, because it's kind of an outdoor Mecca and it's beautiful here. I mean, it's so scenic. We have these, the gorgeous Cascade Mountains in the background and you see them and it's easy access to go skiing in the winter. Uh, we have world-renowned mountain biking trails here. It's it's still a small town. Portland, I don't think, has too much to do with it. Although Portland's a cool city. I've never been, so I'll have to take your word for it. Yeah. I will visit someday, so that's Good. the goal. Good. One thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better is preschool for my four-year-old it's a private preschool (laughs) it is a private preschool and it's not crazy expensive or anything but I know that I could teach him his ABCs and letter sounds and colors and numbers and I don't need to worry about socialization because we live in a neighborhood full of kids and my sister and her kids are here but I just need that time off from him and so, yeah, definitely. Spoken like a true mom. Yeah, preschool makes my life better. It is, but yours also. Yeah, <laughs> totally get it. Um, my biggest splurge that I spend a lot of money on, but I, I kind of, I love it and I wouldn't have it any other way is? My coffee maker. What do you have? I have a Jura Capressa. I'll say what a? Yeah. Look it up. You will. <laughs> 
want one. <laughs> I'm thinking you're going to say like Keurig or Nespresso. I've never heard of this. You have to have the little pods and I like to use whatever coffee. So a Jura Capressa, it's the push of a button. You get your fresh cup of coffee, but you can use, you put your whole beans in and it grinds it fresh. And so you have a bin full of beans, whatever you like. And push of a button, 30 seconds later, you have a fresh cup of coffee. And oh, that that fills me with gratitude three to four times a day. <laughs> three to four times. Again, spoken yeah. like a true mom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is? Yeah, the difference between savings and investing, which I think we talked about a little bit already. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think especially as women, I don't think we ever got that conversation. No. Huh? Men, I don't know if men just seek it out or if it's just bestowed on them. But for women, a lot of times growing up young girls, I should say, we don't really get that rudimentary, the basics of investing right? Um, as much as perhaps boys do. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to ask Matt what kind of conversations he had with his parents growing up. I've I've not thought about that. I mean, most kids get no conversation about money growing up, as I've learned. It's very, I mean, maybe you'll learn about saving, but it's not, uh, it's not an in-depth conversation. Right. Investing is like, it's almost never discussed. Right. And I've started having those conversations with my oldest. And he actually told me the other day he wanted to um, invest some of his money. I don't think he totally gets what that means, but... Like, okay, let's do it. Excellent. Yeah. Get him to listen to the show. It's clean. I, I should, yeah. When I donate money, I like to give to blank because? A little bit of everything. I can't, so many things tug at my heart that I, I give to animals, I give to people, I give to organizations, I give to the envi- environmental causes. I do try to do a lot of that locally. Um, there's, there are a couple like kind of land steward, stewardship organizations in Bend that are specific to areas here and preserving that that I give to. And I give a lot to our local food bank to help people here. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker. Everything I really want to help everybody and everything. So I don't make huge donations to everyone. I make tend to make smaller to a lot of different organizations. That's fair. That's great that you can do that. And last but not least, I'm so money because I am so money because I live a very rich life without any of the trappings of a rich life. I like that. The trappings of a rich life. True millionaire next door, Luann, thank you so much and congratulations and enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you so much. You too. That's a wrap, everyone. If you'd like to learn more about Luann or follow her, you can go to Twitter at Luann Abrams. All this information at somoneypodcast.com or you can also 
grab the transcript and comments. And I want to hear from you. If you've got a question for me, hop over to somoneypodcast.com and click on Ask Farnoosh. And there you can send me your query. And every weekend I address your questions. And if you want to speak with me one-on-one, a private session, 15 minutes, leave a review on iTunes. Every Saturday at the top of the show, I select one new reviewer to receive a free 15-minute money consultation with me. So if you're interested in that, uh, leave a review and hopefully we will make it happen. Thanks again. Tune in tomorrow for another great, inspiring millionaire next door. Have a so money day.